0: Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They're the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. Do you like having posters and supporting your favorite athletes? Well, the Athletic Collection gives you a chance to do that with the best posters in the game. They have many different teams with many different sports. Myself, as an LSU fan, I just got myself LSU baseball, LSU gymnastics, and LSU soccer posters to put up in the man cave. So get your posters today at The Athletic Collection, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter. That is going to be, oh
1: my goodness, Bianco goes over the fence, did he make the catch? He did! That is a sports center play, my friend. Oh my goodness! yo what is up everybody it is monday night and you know what that means we are back with another episode of the in off the bench podcast jim it's me and you man and we got episode 25 coming at you it's titled elite thief because the guy that we're bringing on is a straight thief he's making diving catches he's making plays over the wall under the wall through the wall you know it man he he, he's doing it all But we got Houston Cougar baseball star outfielder Drew Bianco joining us. And, Jim, I don't want to waste any time. Let's get right to it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview on podcasting this week, our man, Houston Cougar outfielder Drew Bianco.
0: All right, our man Drew, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. How are you? Man, we are blessed. I mean, we got like legendary status. You, you know, flying over walls. We're going to get into it here here in a little bit. But, you know, and then your beard game is on point. This is is solid. So, but, you know, before we get into your story, before we talk Houston baseball, man, we got to get a little icebreakers out there, find out a little bit what's going on with you right now. Right now, what's your favorite song? What are you vibing with? Um, probably a lot of Tay Verdez right now.
2: Uh, he's kind of just like a kind of rap, but more pop too. Just slow, good vibes. Uh, and then I uh, really like Little Baby and Young Boy, so those two. I'm not big on the country music, but a lot of my teammates are here. So they've been putting me on recently,
0: man. Don't worry. We're not big on the country music and nine out of 10 cats that come on here say Morgan Wallen and me and Daniel just shake our head. Yeah. None of that. None of of that. (laughs) None of that. All right. This is, this is always a a good question. I got
1: a, I got a hot, hot take. (laughs) Morgan Wallen is overrated.
0: Well, let me, let me tell you something since we got drew of all people on here, uh, Jock, um Joe Joubert's dad, he said, hey, when we come to Ole Miss, when they play Ole Miss, Morgan Wallen's going to be playing at him hemingway and Yeah. If, if you have a connection to get us, like, 20 tickets. And I said, bro, I have connections in sports. I don't have connections to Morgan <laughs> Wallen, bro. Like And 20 tickets? Like, mm-hmm. maybe a pair. I don't think anybody's got connections like that. <laughs> no, nah, I think Jock gave me way too, way too much credit, so – no, but Daniel apparently the LSU boys want to go see Morgan Wallen, so I can't knock him too hard because that's mine and Drew's crew. So,
1: hey, I mean, if they got all night to listen to six hundred songs from that new album, <laughs> more power to them. But not this dude can't do it.
0: All right. So, what's your uh, what's your favorite baseball movie all time? Uh, probably uh, sixty one again. All right, hey Daniel, we're getting first, a different answer. yeah. No, we got and we got the natural last last episode. We're getting a different answer. That's a good time. one, too. Yeah. All right. Who was your favorite athlete growing up? LeBron James, hands down. Oh, yeah, wow. We are oh. old.
1: We are old, old as
0: dirt. Well, but he He called him the goat too, and we look goat. Drew, let me tell you something. We started this show, before we started interviewing athletes, we actually just messed around and started during COVID talking about The Last Dance, because MJ was everything to us. So, like, when it comes to us – LeBron just doesn't touch Jordan so we're a different era we're just a different generation
2: wow, that's cool and I got Jordan too I'm not delusional but and if you got Jordan one I just you gotta have LeBron too or I just can't listen to you you're just a hater
0: though
1: <laughs> where does Kobe fall in all that
2: see like now if we if you really want to dive into it NBA and like basketball is my favorite sport like I watch all the games on TNT got the illegal streaming site to watch them when when they're not on the big channels like uh so I I everybody Kobe's great and he's an all-time Legend but like I don't even know if Kobe's like top five maybe top ten. Oh,
1: boy. Oh oh, oh, oh! It's Lord. a
2: good thing
0: Randy isn't here. Randy would have got off the show. Well, here's
2: my thing. If you want to talk about just pure talent and skill basketball player, then, yeah, Kobe Bryant's up there. But When you're talking about the GOATs and the top tens, you also got to have the skill and everything, but also the legacy. And Kobe has five rings, but three of them he wasn't even the best player on. So how are you going to be the third best player and not even be the best player on your team for three of championships? That's mm-hmm. my thing.
0: I mean, he he's not oh. wrong, Daniel. But I'm gonna really I'm gonna really test the water here. I'm scared to ask this question if he feels that way about Kobe.
1: Who who is the best player on his team, then? Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. He won three Finals okay. right. MVP and three MVP. And that dude is a different animal. There's no, there's never gonna be a Shaq again, ever. But that's his point. Ever that's once in a lifetime player. Like I, I can't but help that, it that you got well, my matched point up is with him. how are
2: you gonna be the third greatest basketball player? Ever in the world, and then for three of your championships, you weren't the best player. Now, if I had to say the best three players like ever are LeBron, MJ, Kobe. But when you're talking about the GOATs, and that you gotta have good legacy, and you gotta have five finals, you gotta be the finals MVP every year when if you're talking about being a
0: best basketball player. Daniel, I'm gonna step off in one. I this this episode is supposed to be about baseball, but I gotta know now. How did, how did, I got to know how you feel about my favorite basketball player because if, if he's hard on Kobe, how do you feel about Russell Westbrook? Uh, I
2: mean, nah, he's a legend, and he's up there because he's got MVP, triple – I mean, he averaged four years of a triple-double, and that's only been done one other time by Oscar Robinson. So you could say it's easy to do that, but then why is anybody else? So he's up there, but he ain't like in the top 15. Yeah, right?
0: no, I didn't say he's top 15. He's top five
2: point guard of all time probably top 5 point guard. He,
0: he he passes now, Daniel. We can we can move on now. We're good. I thought he was I thought he might slander us. No, no, respects. He didn't like him on the Lakers, but he's a legend. I didn't either. He's doing his thing. Hey, he came uh, you know, lived down the way from Memphis. Anyway, went and watched him uh uh, a week and a half ago, and he put up the best game he's had in probably yeah. a season and a half, dropped 38 in, in Memphis. Uh, was and that,
2: that role for him and for the Clippers is a way better role than the Lakers. The Lakers, it was just bad. Him and LeBron don't mix well together. They're both ball dominant and run through the offense. Didn't go well, but wish him nothing but the best. I mean, I felt like he got hated on really hard by the media and everything for just trying his hardest and being a good – like a, a legend. So happy that he's over there doing good
1: the roller coaster that Jim has been on over the past <laughs> two years with Russell
0: Westbrook two years been... four because the I mean Rockets, yeah. the Wizards the Lakers but, the Clippers
1: but really the last two years have been oh we'll see how this goes oh this isn't working out so well oh Russ is actually doing okay oh everybody's hurt it's just Russ playing Oh, Russ is not doing so good. Oh, now he's a clipper. Now he's the greatest on
0: earth. <laughs> hey, I man. Mean, hey, this that's what happens when you're you're not a team guy. You follow, you follow one guy. Hey, it's, same
2: way with LeBron. When he was in Miami, Cleveland, I don't, I'm a LeBron fan.
0: See. So now
2: I'm a Lakers fan.
0: So me and Drew are on the same page. Well, last one I got for you, and then uh we'll we'll let you get into your story. Speaking of being a fan, you know, you're not in louisiana anymore and i'm wearing my hot rods creole shirt that's my guy i've been putting Thank on you. everything this week that we have this past week that we've eaten and so i gotta know man are you still getting any of that cajun food or is do you i mean do you still eat it up like as if you were uh back back in louisiana or are you are you got a fiend for it right now
2: uh yeah i haven't had some good cajun food in a while uh And it's I mean, I miss it. I I, I still hit up Canes. We got a Canes here in Houston. So I still got that. But that's just fast food. But that's the only Louisiana kind of food I'm having right now. But uh, miss it. But I went up uh, to Baton Rouge a couple of times during the fall uh, when we had a fall break and then uh, Thanksgiving break. See the boys and everything. And I got some food uh, when I was there and had a good time seeing uh, Beloso and Gavin and Jordan Thompson and Cruz and Joe Bear and those guys when I was there.
1: So, Drew, you, you, you talk about the food, man. You, you know, it's like home cooking when you get a chance to go see your boys. But I got to ask, man, you spent time at, at LSU. Now you're at Houston. You got your dad over in Oxford. Like, wh- Where? where is home? Like, where Where are you from originally?
2: Oh, Oxford. Uh, I mean, I was born in Lake Charles, Louisiana, when my dad was the coach at uh, McNeese. But like I was born and I was lived there for four months and then he got the old miss job and I've been there my whole life. So I'm from Oxford. <laughs> no, nah, I Oxford, Mississippi.
1: All right. So you you we we talked dad. We'll we'll get into him a little bit, but obviously you got four other siblings and, and you're the middle child. Is it, do you feel like you're you're overlooked being the middle child? Do you feel like like people just forget you're there?
2: Uh no, nah, I wouldn't say that. Uh I feel normal. I mean, I, I feel like there's just so many of us that everybody like, I mean, hell, hell even my mom calls us Ben Michael Drew like, you know, everybody just think they were just known as oh, you're a Bianco kid. Really.
1: <laughs> so, obviously, a lot of boys growing up um you know, when I think of it, I think of like roughhousing, like super uber competitive, maybe a little, you know, bloody knuckles, a little fighting, a little pushing. Like, what what was it like growing up?
2: Uh, I mean, it was awesome. I think I had a great childhood. I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, uh, having four brothers and then, like, a baby sister was awesome. I mean, so there's perfect uh, – I mean, I just remember growing up, it was always 2v2, like, me and Ben versus uh Michael and Sam, like, in basketball, wiffle ball. And so it was a perfect number, 2v2. And we played everything, competing – and it kind of gets you tough and growing up because quick because you're the second youngest guy out there. You're getting bullied by two of your other older brothers, and it kind of makes you more competitive and more and grow up a little quicker than like when you're just lollygagging around at eight years old. Like you know, I had that motivation at a young age just to catch my brothers and be you know be the best. And I think growing up with brothers just does that a lot to a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I mean we we talk to a lot of athletes, and it's kind of the similar a similar story when you have older siblings or siblings that are close in age, there's a lot of competition, but there's also, like, a level to, like, I want to be better than them. So, like, I'm constantly working and, like, practicing. And, like, it's always in the back of your mind. But I got to ask, man, obviously, you know, your dad just comes off a national championship. Um, You know, he passes Skip Bertman for a second time second in all-time wins in the SEC, um, you know, was there any pressure to play baseball growing up?
2: Um, to be honest, not, not really. Uh, I mean, I just remember growing up, we played everything, like uh, soccer, uh, basketball, football, everything. And then uh, then we kind of got older. We had to, like, shrink it down to three. So we all kind of, like, dropped soccer, and uh and then it was basketball football and baseball i mean i did all three in high school and loved every bit of it i mean to be honest basketball was my favorite sport i was just way better in baseball uh so uh, i had to go that route but no, nah, i think uh playing a bunch of sports is really important growing up and then my brother's doing it too i wanted to be exactly like them so and do everything they did just be better like you said that competitive thing and i i mean One year I was – my little brother Sam was a freshman, I was a junior, and Ben was a senior. So we were all on the baseball team together playing, starting. And so, like, we're – like, I want to have more stolen bases than Sam. I want to hit more homers than Ben. Like, we're all competing, but also trying to win it. It was really fun. High school was a blast.
1: So what high school was that?
2: Oxford High School.
1: Oxford High School. Um, You know, at Oxford, you talked about playing multiple sports. You know, would you say if I gave you a basketball or a soccer ball right now, do you think you could still go out there and and do your thing?
2: Uh, Soccer, I haven't played since I was five. I just played uh, basketball and football and baseball in high school. Uh, I definitely – I mean, I still hoop to this day. Like, home and winter break, I'm playing basketball with my brothers. I'd go to the Ole Miss Turner Center and play. Uh, So, yeah, I, I could pick up a basketball quick. Football, uh, that contact, I haven't I haven't got hit in a while, so I don't know how that would feel.
0: I'm surprised, you know, when I read that you were a running back, man, you know, being be your build, being being, be your race, even I thought maybe you'd say Jacob Hester was your guy. <laughs>
2: nah, nah. I, I love football, but I was always basketball growing up. Uh, I mean, funny thing, too, high school football, DK Metcalf was my teammate there. And then also basketball, uh, Jarquel Joyner, who played at Ole Miss and everything, was there. So our high school was pretty good. And then in baseball, Thomas Dillard, Greg Kessinger, and Houston Roth all played uh, at my high school, and we won a couple state championships when, when they were there. So uh, high school was awesome and blast and really good competition in Mississippi. A lot of people sleep on the state, but a lot of good players come out of there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned guys like DK Metcalf that people start perking up.
2: yeah aj brown
1: yeah i've heard they're pretty good
2: (laughs) yeah they're pretty good they're doing all right they're uh, they're doing all right they're doing pretty well right now
1: yep yep um so i gotta ask i need i need you to, to you know reflect a little bit who is the best athlete of your of your siblings not player, but like athlete. Like if you put them in any environment, like they're
0: probably gonna do well. And you're say, allowed to say yourself, just to be clear.
2: I would say either me or Sam. Sam may be a little bit more. It kind of depends. If you're going more like strength and everything, on the strength side, probably me, but I mean I can also run pretty good. But then Sam can he can just fly. And uh also pretty strong cut up for a small dude too. So either me or him. But my sister's probably – she's up there too. I don't know. It's between us three. My sister's pretty good, and she she's really tough for a girl and everything and really super competitive and played volleyball and tennis in high school. So
0: well, she's up there. Too. Poor brothers, she better be tough. Yeah. I yeah mean, I, she she
1: I grew did, up quick. I wouldn't expect anything less. I mean, you guys, if she wasn't tough, then I'd be pointing the finger at you guys.
2: Yeah, no, she's it. the she's the goat for sure. Uh, I mean, having to grow up the youngest out of four boys, kind of kind of get forgotten a little bit, going to a bunch of travel football games growing up and everything. You're kind of taking a backseat. She's a legend, though.
1: So let's let's get into this, man. In, in high school, you were a four-time All-State selection at Oxford High. You led your team to two state championships. You were voted the 2018 Player of the Year in Class 5A. You batted 409 and. In 2018, with six homers, 24 RBIs, 31 runs scored, and a 554 on on-base percentage. You posted a four-year career batting average of 352 in 138 games, 33 doubles, three triples, 20 homers, 147 runs, and 100 RBIs. You also got it done in the classroom as well. You graduated with honors, and you had time to play football and basketball at Oxford High as well, man. All of this success, when you hear the accolades and the accomplishment, when you think back on it, what was your favorite season? Just out of all three of the sports, but then we'll we'll, we'll narrow it down to to what your favorite sport in baseball. So, what's the favorite favorite season in all the sports?
0: Uh,
2: without a doubt my junior year so 2017 it was my first year playing basketball back because I got injured in football and I didn't want to just play baseball so I picked back up basketball uh and started playing and we made it to the final four in the uh, state championship Jarkel Joyner was on our team he led he was like third in the nation scoring with like 36 and uh just playing that and having fun and then right after that well actually we were playing in the Final Four, and I actually had to play a baseball game right after that game. Uh, but then that year we had a good basketball team and had a good year. It was super fun. And then right, right during that, right after that was baseball season. And my little brother Sam it was his first year in high school. He was uh, he started at second base. And then my junior year, I played short. And then my brother, Ben, played first. And so we were all in the infield and everything. And that was – and we lost in the state championship, sadly. Uh, Hayden Dunhurst's team beat us in game three. But uh, that year was by far the funnest, just being with them.
1: Yeah. Jim ha- has more stake in this game, but he wanted me to talk to you a little bit about um, guys like Cade Smith, Cameron James, Blaze Jordan, and D- Dylan Hill. Um, obviously you ran in high school, you ran up against their team, DeSoto Central. Um, Did you know how good of a team they were, or you were just kind of focused on one game at a time and whoever you played, you played?
2: Uh, No, knew, knew they were a really good team. Uh, I mean, my first three years in high school, we were in five. A we won uh, one in my freshman year, one of my sophomore year, tried a three-peat lost to Hayden Dunhurst. And then we got bumped up to 6A, which is the highest, and we knew Desoto Central has been a powerhouse there. I mean, I remember my freshman year, uh, we went 35 and one, and they had uh, at Desoto Central it was like Dallas Wolfolk, Austin Riley, all uh, were all there, and like they we never played there. each other. Yeah, we they won the 6A, we won the 5A, and we never played each other, but everybody wanted to see that game, and so they've always been a powerhouse, and then we didn't play them until north half the semifinals uh my senior year when we got bumped up to uh, 6A and that's when they had all those guys you just named and now nah, we knew they were really good uh, i mean hell they were the higher seed so we had to play at their place to open up and not nah, really good but super young and you know we we were a team that's been in the state championship 3 years in a row so we weren't scared of them or anything but uh and we lost two one run games uh but yeah, they were they were well, really
0: good. And I'll tell you, I was misinformed Drew. I actually got excited. I was I was going to mess with you a little bit because Dylan Hale, we had him on here. Uh he he was our Juco Bandit episode and uh I was told that he had he had robbed you at the wall. And so I texted him and I said, "Did you rob Drew at Oxford?" He goes, "No, and he gave me your teammate that he robbed." He said Drew hit no doubters over my head. Anyway, <laughs> And so, so I was misinformed. I was ready to come mess with you. He said, no, nah, he hit one in each game and they were and there were no doubters.
2: Yeah, but I do remember uh uh the guy robbing the ball uh and it was it was a big time play, like I mean it saved the game for them, but I did hit two homers and yeah, they were they were pretty pretty far over there.
1: No doubters. So when you when you look back at high school and All, you know, the three sports that you played, do you feel like it took away from you being any better at one sport or the other? Or do you think that playing three sports is what made you the best athlete that you are today?
0: Yeah,
2: three sports made me the athlete that I am today. If I would have just focused on baseball, I wouldn't be – I don't think I'd be near as good as a baseball player than I am doing that. I mean, one, I think my body and everything just got pretty mature playing football and lifting heavy weights at, like, starting high school. Then, you know, we didn't really lift that heavy in baseball, but football we were going after at 6 a.m. workouts and stuff like that. And then the conditioning and basketball and also, like – I mean, basketball is one of the best workouts you can do. You're burning a lot of calories going back and forth, and then also you're doing quick jumps, cutting, and all that, quick on your feet, all that. And then, yeah, it just gives you that toughness and, you know, that that sixth tool that people don't, like, talk about but, you know, can't really compare. And I mean, you see it all the time, high school players that play football and everything, and you can tell people that the players that play different sports out in the baseball field. Do
1: you think playing multiple sports allows you to be really good at Jumping over the outfield wall to catch ball.
2: <laughs> I don't know if that helped, but uh, maybe the football toughness of just like not really caring, like knowing that you're bot- not being afraid of the wall. I think that's what turns like a great, a good outfielder into a great outfielder. Is you know just going for everything, like not being scared to make a mistake or run into a wall or whatever.
1: Tell me about academics though. Was was academics like strongly pushed at home like you had oh. to do your homework you had to be on top of your game or it was it like oh you know you made a b that's, that's oh, okay
2: no nah. uh my dad doesn't done i mean my mom my mom or my dad very strict i mean it was it was all a's uh or b's not no, no slacking. And, and like they got power school so they're pulling it up like every night like oh why did you not do this assignment blah blah, blah. like oh you're grounded because nah they were really really strict on it uh, they let me get by with a lot more than my brothers just because I'm just not as smart as them. But, uh, and again, my brothers were pissed about that, but no, they were, they were super strict.
0: Daniel, you knew the answer to that question. Cause we have, yeah. rescheduled, we've rescheduled three different Old Miss episodes because of study hall handed down by your dad. So we, we know academics matters.
2: Yeah. Mike doesn't play with the school. He doesn't.
0: <laughs> but the first one that ever happened was Nikhazy and he was like, Hey guys, I gotta I gotta move the episode up. I got study hall, and we're like, what? Anyways, like coach said, I got to. Well, and he was just like,
2: he's been in our shoes. He was a player, gets it. And so, like, you can't bull crap him and give him like those lame excuses. Like, he's like, nah, you just didn't go to class, or you just didn't turn this assignment, and like that's what got and like Tom Top knows what he can't bull crap him.
1: No, nah, you you're not gonna bullshit a bullshitter, man. Like you're, nah. you're just not. So, all right. So academics on point, you got three different sports that you're doing, you're excelling in all three. At what point you do college start reaching? Well, let me backtrack. Is there a time in high school where you go, all right, I've got to decide on baseball or basketball or what I'm gonna pursue at the next level? Or did you know immediately I'm not gonna play? football or basketball, I'm going to sit solely on baseball?
2: Uh, I mean, I think growing up, I always knew I wanted to play college baseball. I mean, basketball was my favorite uh, sport to play. But, like, just my with my dad being who he is and growing around seeing college baseball, like, my dream was never to play in the big leagues or doing that like a lot of people's. Mine was just to uh, go play somewhere in the SEC. I thought the SEC college baseball was the coolest experience, like, ever. Like, just seeing it up close in the – the, like the fellowship in the locker room, the, like everything, like just playing for a university. Like it just, and especially in growing up uh, going to see other sec like environments, like 10,000 people at South Carolina early in the 2000, like tens when Ole Miss went there and I went there, like LSU, Alex box, like just seeing that it was like Disney world to me. So I always wanted to do that. And I started getting recruited pretty heavily my freshman year of high school and that's uh, by LSU and some other schools and getting calls and people wanting me to take visits so that's when I kind of knew like all right, I can play baseball at a high level I'm just playing these for fun but I'm still gonna go hard at them but like I just want to play these to have fun baseball is what I'm doing.
1: So obviously you mentioned LSU we'll get into that in a second but were there any other schools where you were like strongly like leaning like like it was a really tough decision to choose one or the other?
2: nah, not really uh, I just committed so young that uh like I mean I committed my freshman, i think yeah my fresh right after my freshman year at high school, and uh it was going in like halfway through like it was actually the so sophomore year in the uh during baseball season uh. Uh, I had a really good freshman summer uh, in the world bat and started getting some phone calls from like Indiana, LSU, other schools like that. And, uh, and LSU started talking to me and I was really excited about that just because, you know, that's where my dad went and everything, but like it wasn't anything serious. And then went played like a, we played in a world with, uh bat like top 25 high school showdown in like March, uh, the perfect game. And Andy Canzaro came down and watched me play again. And I had like a really, really good game. And uh guy on the phone is like, Hey, we want you to take a visit immediately. And so went like took a visit the next week with just my mom, because they're also playing games. Like they're in the middle of the sec schedule. So my dad can't come. So it's just me and my mom. And my dad was like, Hey, if they offer you, don't commit on spot. Like I want like, I want to know what it is, stuff like that. And, uh, and Manary. Was great. He called my dad after, explained, basically gave him a whole another recruiting talk to my dad. Uh, the visit went great, and I just remember sitting there, uh, and like twelve thousand people around at Alex Box. They were playing Mississippi State, and they did the call in Baton Rouge, and I was like, "This is the coolest thing ever," and uh, fell in love, and I knew I wanted to commit. And like a week later, uh, my dad was like, "Now you're gonna wait. I want you to think about it. That, you know, you can get other schools coming. Blah blah. I want you to see everything, see your options." just like a good dad should do, but I already had my mind made up. And then like, I went down and told my dad like a week later, like, Hey, no other place. This is where I want to go.
1: I was going to ask why LSU, but it seems like that that's pretty clear. <laughs> so I'll, I'll ask this question and I'm sure, you know, I hate to ask it because I'm sure you've answered it a thousand times. But. Well, was there ever an option of, of playing with your dad?
2: No, nah. uh, not for any of my siblings. And, well, to be honest, too, like just growing up, I never – like I never dreamed of playing for Ole Miss. Like I think they just put a, in our head at a young age that they wanted us to go out and do do something else. Like uh, – I mean, like I said earlier, you know, we were just known as, oh, one of the Bianco kids. You know what I'm saying? The uh, coach's son. I think they all – they wanted us to get away. You know, Oxford's great, but it's a small town. But they kind of wanted us to get out. And college is where, you, you know, grow up and find yourself. So even if, like, we didn't play college sports, they, they didn't want us to go to Ole Miss – Really, they wanted us to go see, maybe go somewhere else. And so, yeah, I never really thought about playing for my dad. I mean, I guess I've thought about it, but that was never the dream. And I just wanted to play somewhere in the SEC. And then when LSU offered to me, it kind of made it easy with my dad playing there, my mom growing up there and everything. I had family there. Why not? You know, that's LSU.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, with you choosing there, one of the questions we usually ask right off the top is, what are the emotions like? Are you nervous or excited? But it seems like for you, man, you probably were just super excited to go down to Baton Rouge as soon as you got there.
2: Oh, yeah, super excited. I mean, one, to be, you know, be playing at the one of the greatest, if not the greatest, program in college baseball. Uh, and then where my dad played, wearing his number there, the same number. Uh, and then, you know, just create my own name, you know, Meet new people and be known as Drew Bianco, not oh, that's Coach Bianco's kid. That was it was kind of like restarting, basically. Nobody knows who you are, and you can not that created a new new identity, but like no, you you're not. I'm not seeing the same twenty thousand people in Oxford, Mississippi. It's a lot bigger, and it was it was awesome.
0: Well, I'll tell you why I I feel like you made the right decision without knowing what would have happened, Daniel. If you remember when Brooks Lee came on here, he decided to play. Uh, For his dad at Cal Poly, right? And he talked about how everyone kind of didn't look to him the way they should have. Brooks Lee was what was he drafted? Eighth overall, yeah. I mean, obviously a ridiculous player, but maybe didn't really get the respect he deserved because he was dad's kid, right? Like, and you know, it's just
2: hard. I mean, uh, that's the biggest reason it's not the pressure or anything like that, not playing for your dad, it's just. I mean, hell, the best thing about college baseball is the fellowship and the teammates and the brotherhood that you make, whatever, that you're a family throughout each season. And being the coach's kid, I mean, it's as soon as you walk in the locker room, it's like, oh, you know, quiet down, coach's kid, like stuff, you know, you don't get, even though you can still, like, it can still work out and you can make friends. It's just different. Everybody knows people complain about the coach all the time. Like, you love them, but everybody's complaining about every coach in America. And you just can't do that when you're the coach's kid. And I didn't want that. I wanted uh, something else. I mean, it can work out. Uh, I mean, but usually it has to be like you have to be the All-American.
1: You can can complain about your dad or you can complain about your coach. You just can't complain about both, right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, you know, freshman season, man, you played in 39 games, but you were the definition of a team guy, definition of a utility guy, man. DH, first, second, third base, didn't matter. You played them all, man. Talk to me about that first season, just getting to play anywhere and everywhere and just being that ultimate team guy right out the gate as a freshman.
2: I mean, yeah, I think growing up with my dad and everything, uh, it's all about winning. Like, I mean, I didn't really uh, care about stats or anything like that growing up in anything. Like, I just wanted to win football, basketball, baseball. And so when you get to LSU, I mean, they all want to win and you want to win. That's what it's all about. And I had a really good hitting fall and uh but there was a our i mean our team was preseason ranked number one so they were just trying to try me out a bunch of positions and i was pretty good at all of them so that helped me there, and hell it helped me get in the lineup a lot more being able to play a lot of positions like there's only one third baseman there's only one shortstop but if you can play anywhere it uh, helps you out helps your chances
0: yeah no absolutely it's good to have that arsenal so you know um what did you learn most? That's always the question that we ask most because that freshman year you take in so much, man. What what was the one thing that you learned the most in that first year? Uh
2: I think just handling the the pressure and the like the nerves and everything. I think I was pretty good at it, you know, just with growing up and seeing it every you know every Friday, Saturday, Sunday the pack stadiums or whatever, but a lot different when you're stepping in front of the box and uh in the box and there's man on second and you got to get the hit or whatever uh but and then just learning from a bunch of older guys like Antoine Atlantis who's the all-time hit leader now at LSU and second in the SEC history like Josh Smith who's in the big leagues like those were all upperclassmen when I was there and just learning you know what they do how they carry themselves and their attitudes and less like swing mechanics and stuff like that but just how they carry themselves, you know, when they're doing bad or when they're going good, and being and great leaders, like unbelievable leaders too.
0: Yeah, I was trying not to to fanboy on one He was tailgating with us during the Tennessee series, and somebody went to introduce me, and I was like, "I know who that is. Like, what are we what are we doing here?" The man, <laughs> man. Yeah, so I, so I was, so
2: went for those guys when, like, you're talking about just ultimate team guy. Like, those are your two leaders or whatever, Zach Watson, Zach Kess, like. You want to to die for those guys. The least you can do is go play hard at a baseball game.
0: Absolutely. So, we're just going to gloss right over sophomore year. COVID sucks. We know it. We season's taken away. So, we're going to go right into the next year. Played in 50 games, batted 246, three doubles, seven home runs, 21 RBIs, 24 runs, seven stolen bases. Started 17 games at second base, eight in center field, seven at shortstop. So, once again, showing your versatility, man. Playing everywhere. But I gotta ask, with that you're getting some action in the outfield. Then at this point, we obviously know where you play now. What do you like playing the best though, Drew? Because since you can play anywhere, clearly, what is your actual favorite position to play? Center field by far. Uh, I just like the outfield. Uh, it's way
2: easier, uh, and like it's just growing up at all. Ol- I'd go to and shag during Ole Miss BP, and that's what I feel like I'm doing in center field, like just running after everything and. Especially in center, like you're in charge, so you can call everybody off and just go for everything. So definitely center, but uh, I miss the infield a little bit. But outfield's way easier.
0: <laughs> the the guys from the other LSU podcast uh, told me to ask you, can you pitch? Because that's the only thing you got left to do, brother.
2: I can definitely pitch. I pitched in high school, and uh, I mean, I even pitched in a couple college summer leagues or whatever. A uh, little bit, I can definitely go up there and throw strikes to one batter just to say I did it for
0: sure. There we go. Got to get it done, Houston. Let's 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 make a move here.
2: Hopefully, we're up in a big midweek game or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, my favorite moment that season, man, actually occurred. I was with Daniel in Tampa. We were watching you together at a bar. Um, you hit a two-run home run in the sixth inning of the regional over uh, on against Oregon, and y'all won six-five. You took the lead. Um, you know, talk about what it was like that moment. Talking about being on the road in a regional, going into their house and beating them. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, me personally just
2: starting to play good at the end of the season and being in the lineup every day and then finally just having success. And then our team kind of started clicking at the end of the year, at LSU, and we got hot and Mikhail Hillard stepped up. Landon Marceau was a dog that whole year, uh, barely squeezed into a regional. And it's Coach Maneri's last year. We want to go out on top for him. Uh, and it was that, that to me, was probably one of my funniest years of baseball just the group of guys and the fellowship uh, we had that year. I mean, I'm playing with Zach Arnold now at Houston, and he was at second base uh, that year for us. Kay Doty, Dylan Cruz, Trey Moore were young, but they were awesome. Uh, and yeah, hitting that homer was probably the biggest hit in my career, no doubt. And it was awesome just to put us ahead. And then Landon Marceau coming in and closing that game out huge they is, is there
0: so, is there something to you know i think about the parallels you know to the old miss team that your dad coached last year and you talk about barely making it in um and we've had a lot of those guys on talking about they felt like they were playing with house money because they they didn't even really have these super expectations so with y'all going into oregon was it the same kind of thing like you uh, you were happy to be there so man we're just gonna play loose we're gonna play free and and you know as opposed to being the favorite and all the expectations and uh, pressures on you
2: I mean, maybe a little bit, but I wouldn't say that. I think it's more of just like, yo, it's everybody's zero zero now. who cares? like it's all it doesn't matter if you won fifty games or if you won like ten and won your conference tournament. Everybody's zero zero, so all you gotta do is win one game at a time, and that's like kind of what we did. We're like we lose the first one, gut rich into Gonzaga, and that one was bad. They had that uh like really good pitcher. And Landon pitched his butt off. And lost two to one, and so Twitter was bad that night and everything. Uh, but then I think uh, we all just came together and was just like, "Yo, we got nothing to lose, and it, we just got to win one game, and then we'll worry about the next. Then we'll win the next one, and then we'll win the next one, and then that's what we did. And you won. You look up. You won four four straight games, and that's all the postseason is. And that's I think Ole Miss did the same thing. They get in. It's back to zero zero. Everybody's you know, neutral now. And you just got to take it one game at a time. It's a lot easier to think, "Oh, all we got to do is win this game," not win 30 in a row or whatever.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, you know, things don't go well in supers in Knoxville, but uh, yeah. you know, we're not we're, we're not going to touch on the the games themselves, but you you mentioned Paul. You know, just, you know, what did he mean to you, man? You know, you talked about that being the final season. Obviously, he's the guy that brings you in. You you play for him those years, you know, just talk about what he meant to you. Uh I mean, he means a lot. He was my college coach for
2: three years. And to be honest, uh, he was the guy that recruited me and gave me a chance. Uh, I think with my dad being who he was, uh, a lot of coaches were kind of, you know, not, they a lot, a lot of people probably thought, oh, they're all going to play for their dad or oh, we don't want to recruit him and mess this up and make bad blood. You know, it's an awkward situation for other coaches to, you know, be recruiting somebody they're playing against every day. And he didn't care and just recruited me like a normal high school player. And he wanted me and that's all he had to do and committed to him on the spot. And I mean, he's a legend. I mean, he's up there and all the stats and everything and learned a lot from him. And uh, I mean, couldn't be a better coach in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no doubt. He's the man. And so, you know, obviously Jay comes in going into last season, obviously, you know, definitely some change got to feel a little different, but nonetheless, uh, Gotta take care of business. Um, you know, once again, you're all over the place. You know, I actually don't have the stats and data that I, and you know, I I watched so many games and I was there for so many, I can verify you were you were everywhere again, wherever you were needed. Um, you know, one of my favorite parts though, so, man, uh last year, obviously Beloso was hurt, but man, watching you and Cade's leadership, um, guys who had been in the program was that something that you just developed and learned from being a part of that program or is that another one of those things when you talk about your brothers and you talk about your dad and everything that you had growing up um that was just instilled in you to to be a leader of a team um i think it's a mixture of all that stuff
2: yeah my dad uh my brothers learning from the older guys like antoine and and uh uh josh smith all those guys and then just knowing that like hey i'm a senior this is you know I might not be playing every day, but I want to win just as much as all this. And you know, the guys respect me. And uh yeah, I think that's just pulling for your team to win, being a good teammate. I feel like that's something everybody should do. But uh definitely uh me and Beloso too, we pride ourselves on being, you know, the energy guys and it was a lot of fun. I mean, nobody's miserable when you're winning.
0: Yeah, no doubt. But I I think you guys I like if I'm watching on TV, it always panned to you guys and you the you're the guys that are firing everybody up. You're obviously the boombox. You you know y'all are, y'all are the guys. I I love it. You're, you're hyping everybody up, and it's just a lot it's just a lot of fun watching you guys lead. I mean, you know, so I'm not going to get into how the season ended. I was there. Um, I think Hattiesburg is a dumpster. Um, I don't even want to talk nah, about. No, no, no. So I'm going to disrespect the Southern Miss. No. Nah. <laughs> so so I'm just going to go with this, man. I want to. As the son of a former LSU player and a guy who earned his degree, um, and as you said, you got to play that SEC ball, you know, wrap it up, put a bow on it, just your experience at LSU and, and being able to do all the things you did there. Uh, I mean, wouldn't change it at all.
2: Uh, I mean, you could offer me a lot of money. I don't think I would do it. Just the memories, the friends. I mean, i got friends and that are brothers to me now that if I ever get married, will be in my wedding and stuff like that. And I'm in, uh, like I just got a wedding invitation from Matthew Beck below. So I'm going to be in his wedding. Like, I mean, these are just people you're going to have for a long time, more than baseball. And then the baseball part was awesome. I mean, lived up to everything that I thought it would be and love LSU. It's another home to me. Don't regret anything. Had a great time. And I mean, I love everybody that was a part of that journey with me
0: yeah no doubt so now you're in houston man so tell me how does how does houston become the landing spot uh well last year uh, i didn't have the
2: senior year that i really wanted i tore my rotator cuff uh playing summer ball and had surgery and missed the whole fall and then just never really could get back feeling good injured it again uh in and out just being healthy and stuff and Uh, just trying to play just any way I could help the team and wasn't hitting great. And so I just didn't want to end my career like that. I knew I was better and decided Houston. Uh, I didn't really know where I wanted to go when I hit the portal, but I knew I wanted to go somewhere where I could play a lot and, you know, and maybe uh, to be honest, I was thinking Ole Miss and uh, just Houston called me. And coach Bunn, he used to be a pitching coach at my, uh, with my dad, uh, is pitching coach here so i knew him was familiar and then zach arnold was calling me a lot and telling me to come join i love it more i mean now we're roommates and glad i made this decision the old miss one seems uh fun but at the end of the day i just didn't want to play for my dad i mean i love him but just didn't want to do that whole daddy thing and i like it here in houston
0: well in houston you know the the old saying houston you have a problem well for others uh you're given problems you are flying in up above the wall you're flying up over the wall you know you've done made sports center multiple times i got to ask you right off the top what is greater robbing a home run going up the way you did and leaping up and snatching one or just just straight up flying over it sure
2: flying over the wall for sure because I mean, yeah, you're probably i mean i'm never going to do that again you got to have a small wall not a lot of fields have that and just yeah that's never happening again uh i mean when i robbed the first one the first weekend uh i thought that was the greatest play i'll ever make and then i did that one the next week uh and
0: and both were great but definitely yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's the clip right there. That's hit
1: well, and that is going to be, oh, my goodness, Bianco. got announcer. Did he make the catch? He did. That is a sports center play,
0: my friend. You know, speaking of robbery, how do you feel that it came number two? Drew I was a little salty, uh, <laughs> but
2: uh, it, was, it was the women's basketball Iowa girl made a buzzer beater three, and she had like a 40 point triple double. So I was like, I respect it. Uh,
0: well, here's the thing I, I don't follow too many people uh, within the women's uh, basketball world, but I do follow a ton of baseball, and they were all livid that you weren't number one. LSU are not. So. <laughs> well, it was weird
2: because it was number two that night, and then the next morning, they just switched us, and I was number one in the morning, then two uh the Iowa girls number two so i guess they were just showing love to both but
0: uh had had time to rethink it i mean dudes don't just fly over the wall like that every day i I didn't care i was just uh (laughs) i I didn't care what number it was just to be on there it was pretty dope yeah no doubt so you know getting into houston man back-to-back series wins over first of all top 10 program at ecu and then wichita state so man what's the pulse of the team right now i mean y'all got to be feeling good yeah, we're feeling
2: good. Uh, I mean, I think we just got off to a really bad start. Uh, we weren't playing bad. It was just it's uh, kind of a mixture of we'd hit good and not pitch good and then hit good and not pitch good. And then just uh, really we just needed to play better baseball. It wasn't like we were playing good baseball and losing. We were playing really bad baseball. So once we started playing good baseball, we kind of got going. And I think now we're like 12 of our last 16. And, then yeah, ECU. I think that was big. Uh, opened up with them at conference and kind of just showed that when we beat them Friday night, that, hey, we can play with anybody when we play good. And that's all you kind of need in baseball is a little confidence. And then, I mean, we beat them two out of three, felt like we should have swept them, let the Saturday game go, but all three close games, great games. And I think that got us uh, a lot of confidence going forward.
0: Yeah, if you can, if you can beat ECU, like you said, you can play with anybody. Uh, obviously, they're worthy of their ranking, and so man, that that was huge. And like I said, you continued on Wichita State. So, you know, do you feel like this is a, uh, you know, you said y'all weren't playing great baseball. Obviously, it's a turnaround. Do you feel like y'all now got your right foot going forward and? And if so, you know, I mean, do we feel like do we feel like postseason run is on deck here, Drew? Uh
2: yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the goal at the beginning of the season. It's still the goal. Everything, you know, we want is still right out there. Uh and yeah, I think we're playing really good uh ball. And I think, you know, kind of with a lot of teams, we dealt with uh some adversity with some injuries. We had our Saturday night go, we have Tommy John, two of our uh main pieces of the bullpen, Tommy John. And so you know, we are down, it's trying to find the pitching, who's working, who's, you know, finding all that. And that takes a while to, you know, figure out who those guys are. And I think we're we're starting to find those guys. Everybody's finding their role. And, you know, we're starting to play really good baseball. And at the right time, hopefully we can keep it going. And you never know. I mean, we still, we're first place in the conference right now. We won the conference, won the conference tournament. You know, never know what can happen. Host a regional, put us, you
0: know, you just got to get in. Like I said earlier, zero zero. once you get in. Absolutely. Well, I'll end on this. You see that flag behind Daniel. It says Memphis and that's in two weeks. All right. So, you know, take it easy, on, take it it's, easy on the Memphis boys. Okay. It's
1: it's nice to know that you guys are just now starting to play really good baseball when my team is on deck. I mean,
2: I'm excited to go there. Uh, my family is going to be, it's only an hour away from Oxford. So they're going to drive down and see me play, uh, my brothers, and my mom and sisters. So that'll be cool. And actually, uh, I went to high school with two, uh, Carson Sinette and uh, Chase Kessinger that are on Memphis. So excited to see them too, and it'll be a fun weekend.
1: They redid the 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 field, man. That was pretty nice. Yeah, pretty
2: I haven't nice. seen it yet. So I saw a couple of highlights when Ole Miss played there a week ago. But
0: Yeah, Memphis got – Daniel, speaking of, Memphis travels to Oxford tomorrow. Yeah, they got Ole
2: Miss tomorrow. Rebs yeah. need that one. So do
1: the Tigers, man.
2: sorry (laughs) can't hop on that one they can get they can get more later revs yeah all
1: right all right so drew man that brings us really to where we're at currently man it looks like you guys are finding a really good time to hit a good stride um you got a lot of the season left to really continue the momentum moving forward like you said man you just got to get in whether that's you know, win the conference or win the tournament, uh, whatever it takes, man. You get in, you got a chance, man. No doubt. So, we'll we'll let you, you know, off the hot seat, but we're gonna play a game before you bounce. If you're all right with that, let's do it. All right, it's called this or that. You are going to join a collection of about two hundred people who have all played this game, and they've all received various questions. That give you one option or the other. All you gotta do is pick one. That's it. Just be decisive. 50, 50. I like yeah. it. Just go with your heart, man. So little little lay layup question. You know, take you back to your basketball days. A little layup question. I think it's a pretty easy one. Would you rather have the ability to teleport? Would you rather be able to use a time machine?
2: Teleport.
1: Yeah, man. I, course that's that's the, that's the easy one like right? no regrets time i
2: do need to go back is, in time no nah, time machine everybody's all oh, you can go get rich do all that
0: nah i like my life i'm living it how i don't need to change anything if you could teleport out of the apartment to somewhere right now where are you going
1: canes and getting some food no nah. <laughs>
0: going to he can go anywhere in the world i don't I think got... canes is it brother
2: Nah, I teleport back to Oxford and just go see uh, see uh, all my brothers. And then I teleport to BR to have up Gavin and all those guys. And then I just come back home.
1: There you go. need to go on over to Bed Bath and & Beyond and get you some pictures. Some, nah. Some, some bed bed frame. <laughs> and, or... and
0: what I like is that he said, Gavin, Daniel. I, Drew understands that, you know, everybody talks about Dylan, rightfully so. Talk about skiing drivers, so Tommy White. All the posters on the wall. Man, Gavin Dugas is having a year that know what he's talking about.
2: Him, him, and I mean, Gavin's like my best one of my best friends. I mean, I lived with him for four years in, in Baton Rouge and uh, great like, the literally the greatest guy you'll ever meet in your life. Like, calls his parents three times a day, loves you, like, he'll do anything for you. I wake up, he's cooking me breakfast, like, just unbelievable nice guy even when things aren't going well unbelievable dude and it's happy to cheer for that guy and so happy he's having the season that he's having I mean he deserves it and I mean that's how good he is and like you said he's he gets slept on a lot and that guy hit 19 homers and like had 70 RBIs our junior year and just uh coming off injuries the next year people slept on him and now they're seeing what he. Can I mean, really back
0: back to back weekends. I mean, he had the grand slam that tied it up against South Carolina, and he had the grand slam that put him ahead against Tennessee. I mean, he's just doing it on a week week. I mean, yeah. If, if
2: Dylan Cruz didn't uh, wasn't batting five thirty and being the best player ever to uh, play college baseball, Gavin DuGas would be leading that team right now. And I mean, unbelievable season for both of those guys. I mean, hell, all of those guys are having great years. Beloso is batting like four hundred. Their their lineup is scary.
1: So, Drew, getting back to the game a little bit here. If your only mode of transportation was a giraffe or a donkey, which one would you choose?
0: He said giraffe. It cut out. Definitely a giraffe.
1: Definitely a giraffe. Yeah, that's that's the sexy pick. That's what I tell everybody. So I mean, yeah, and I was just
2: pick. trying to think of maybe there's some – it was definitely the sexy pick, but then I was thinking, what are the benefits of a donkey that a giraffe can't do? And I can't think of one besides maybe squeeze into a smaller it, spot. It,
0: it's a very odd question that we stole from the Savannah Bananas. It's, de- it's definitely one that gets you thinking.
2: Like, I feel like a giraffe can
0: walk longer almost.
1: Hmm. But I feel like I feel like donkeys are made to, like, move like cool stuff. and giraffes
2: or... are way stronger way stronger yeah. there
0: you go those things those things could literally stomp on you and kill you and we like, know he can leap up there and get on it i mean we've seen his leaping ability daniel it's no problem saddle up oh, well i'm really thinking good. if it's
2: my my pet i like it yeah we're gonna be friends it'd be dope it'd be a good cool thing
1: you guys will be boys you're, yeah. in, the, you're in your giraffe gerald the giraffe <laughs> just rolling Rolling through Houston. I mean, you could probably move through that Houston traffic way faster on a giraffe than you could. Way
2: faster. Oh, car. God. Traffic here stinks.
1: So, would you rather be trapped in a romantic comedy with your enemies or a horror movie with your friends? Rom-com with your enemies or horror horror movie with your best friend?
2: That one's tough.
1: Are you a rom com (sighs) kind of guy?
2: I guess I gotta go with the boys in the horror movie, but I do not like scary movies at all. Like I've only seen like one in my life. I do don't mess with them at all.
0: I mean I feel like
2: but at least I'm with the boys.
1: Yeah, I mean I feel like if 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 you're gonna be scared or you you're gonna die, like you might as well be doing
2: it. Like in the rom com, do I am I like is the girl like I'm I have a crush on and I'm Trying to get in the rom com is, is like Beyonce <laughs> or like somebody wearing Drew, Drew.
0: I just I just course. got a question for you. If a girl we had a recent uh softball star come on here, I'm not gonna name her, but she said that her go-to movie was The Conjuring. Is that a major red flag for you? Major. major.
2: <laughs> and it has not it's just we're not gonna be on the same pot. Like I'm never watching a scary movie. You cannot talk me into I don't want to have nightmares for the next three weeks. I'm good.
1: For sure, man. That's It It threw us off, too, because that was definitely not anywhere near the level that I was thinking she was going to answer. I just
2: don't see why you would do something that scares you. Or <laughs> you, like, I watch movies for enjoyment. So, her her you know.
0: boyfriend does play baseball for Mississippi State. I messaged him right after. I said, man, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> Bro, not <laughs> good. Not, open. not good, probably. Oh. All
1: right, Drew. If you could – Pick a concert or a sporting event? Now, this is a bucket list. This is like the cream of the crop concert or cream of the crop sporting event. Which one would you pick?
2: NBA game
0: seven, LeBron, Lakers, and Bucks this year.
1: Lakers and Bucks.
0: This year. man, oh, Lord. he's speaking it into know. existence. How hey, you got it? How you got to Meyer? He knew exactly, and he wants it this year, even. Mm. Get that fifth rank. I mean, what? I think coming? the
2: Lakers are coming out of the West, and I think it's either going to be the
0: Bucks or the Sixers coming out of the East. You know the problem with his pick, Daniel. That means he's, he's saying your team's losing in the first round. Who's I his mean, team? Yeah, You see the Memphis behind the Grizzlies.
2: Oh, uh, the Grizzlies? Yeah, yeah, sorry, buddy. That's That will be done in six.
1: <laughs> Listen here. I will man. admit, though,
2: that will be the toughest series. You that know what? It will be the toughest one, probably.
1: I, I was getting ready to put together a text message to Jim saying, "You know, Drew is a really good guest.
0: I really would love to great. have him and back. Hey,
2: I love the Grizzlies. I've been to plenty of Grizzlies games. I love Jaw. I love what they're doing. I love what they're building. But I'm sorry, they're running into Lagout and in AD. It's over.
1: I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all better worry about the Timberwolves. You better oh worry about
2: they don't. No, Gobert, and then McDaniels just broke his hand.
1: Gobert is terrible.
2: Oh my! <laughs> you
1: better goodness. worry about If you say worry about
0: the Timberwolves, we're not and Mike Conley. No, if, if we're gonna get real, we're Carl not. Gonna, we're, we're not. Gonna, we're not gonna dissect too much. My biggest fear for you, though, Drew, is honestly AD staying healthy through the playoffs. That that would be. No, I'm being, I'm being dead serious. When I, do I get you're, hurt?
2: You're, you're buying into the media stuff right now. I,
0: you're I, you're I buying into, I, into I watched the, the Lakers for two years, Drew. Don't forget. AD, yeah, married. he
2: gets hurt. Go look at how many games he's played in the last three years. He's played more games than Kevin Durant. Nobody's worried about his injury thing. He's played more games than Kawhi. Nobody's saying anything about him. Everybody is liable for injury. I don't care if you were, if you played every game this year. Anybody can get hurt. They're healthy and, right now. It's over. Hey,
0: since you brought up Durant, we got a basketball. I, I know. I'm, I'm steering this off, Daniel, off the game. But how let me ask you a question. Are the Clippers not dumb for winning their last game and assuring themselves of playing the Suns as opposed to losing and playing the Kings in the first round?
2: That's just a I respect the
0: Clippers for doing that. That would just have been stupid. But, but I mean the Kings have a no playoff experience at all. To win
2: a champion to win a champ no, if the Clippers would but here's the thing, they couldn't they couldn't purposely lose it because it decided uh if the T Wolves and Pelicans game was going on at the same time. And if they would have lost and the uh, T-Wolves two win, which they did, then uh, the Pelicans would have been the fifth seed and they would have had to play the Lakers in the playing game. Gotcha. And then you don't know what can happen. Uh, you just got – in that, now. Nah, you play to win and get that fifth seed. If you got to – you play the Suns, you're going to have to beat them eventually. So, who cares? Play them early. It's good. If you think you're going to win the championship, you can't be scared of people.
1: Yeah. You, you play to win the game. Yeah. The way if you're scared.
0: The Suns, you're not winning it. Yeah, you know, your team's going home in the first round, is what I just learned. So I ain't even worried about it, bro. Hey,
2: but they'll be back. They'll, they'll come second or third in the West again next year and they can make a deep playoff run. They're young.
0: <laughs> Sorry, they're <laughs>
2: running into the goat. It has to be done. The,
1: the, the past two minutes of this conversation is when I stopped listening to anything that Drew was saying.
0: Uh nah, you can't do that.
1: I'm, I'm kidding, Drew, man. But the next question, and this is, this is actually one, of, one of our favorite questions. Would you rather be attacked by a grizzly bear or a tiger? And I guess the, the premise of the question is, is if you thought you could survive one of the two, which you're not going to survive neither, which neither. one would you, would you take on?
2: Am I like trapped or like how what's the circumstance? Am I just in a field with either yeah. one?
1: Well go you're, field. You're you're in a field with a stream or you're in the jungle. You're in their element, let's just put it that I way. I
2: mean, I guess a grizzly bear, but like you're dead either way. It really doesn't matter. But uh maybe a grizzly bear will just like not care for a little bit and you can take off before it gets your scent or something. But I mean either way, they're both running you down and they're both killing you quick.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a fun decision. I not I, a good I, one. I go with grizzly bear on this the the sheer fact that tigers can hunt at night. And I ain't trying to like do all that yeah. at night. Drew, I I'll just give up.
0: I've never thrown shade at a guest until two weeks ago. Uh, you'll remember this last year, Friday night in Starkville, when Dylan Cruz hit the go-ahead home run, uh, Brooks Auger was the pitcher. So, he was on here, and he said, man, I feel like it would just be so cool to be killed by a Tiger. And I said, you already have been. Dylan Cruz on Friday night. And he said, wow. And Daniel's just shaking his head, like, couldn't believe I did that to a guest. I, could, yeah, I man, couldn't help it. Shit, it was there.
2: <laughs> but, hey. <laughs> At least, it, I mean, it's still in Cruz. He's going to be the number one pick, so it doesn't look that bad. All
1: right, better uniforms, LSU gold or the old myth powder blue?
0: Old Miss powder. Uh, yeah. not Not even close. I'm so glad he answered it, honestly. It's not I mean, you're even, talking not... about like
2: tradition and all that. Well, then, yeah, the LSU Golds are probably one of the I, most. I'm an
0: LSU fan sports. who voted it. Old Miss yeah. Powder Blues if is the best uniform in baseball. Looking
2: at it, what looks better? It's it's the Powder Blues, no doubt.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, last question, Drew. Before we let you bounce, man, would you rather betray your best friend, or would you rather go to jail for five years? Jail this... for
2: five years. I'll do 25. 25. Oh wow.
1: 25 years in jail. Look, man, look, look.
2: Your best friend?
1: Look, Jim is my, that is best, my best friend. I ain't going to jail. Best friend. And I'm between him and jail, I'm sticking the knife and so you,
0: far in his back, dude. Like it ain't it ain't even and you added years. Daniel's not doing 25 minutes. I'm Let doing 20 25
2: years. to life for a good 15. 15- people that
0: i know shout shout out to all your boys because they got a good all my
2: brothers my top like friends 15 without a doubt not even a question
1: no i ain't ain't even going in the parking lot drew
2: and i know i'm surviving in jail so i know i'll be good
1: wow that's that's oh like what all right so Uh, tell me what what what's the survival move like what's the what's the go-to move
2: I watched I what I'm a big criminal guy. I watched all the shows. Love all that stuff, and, and I'm a people guy. I'm gonna find who's who's top dog in in the jail, and then we're friends.
0: Daniel, I think we gotta respect That's his a enthusiasm. I
2: am not going it. around beating people up. Right. Like if I gotta handle my stuff, I'll handle my stuff.
0: But <laughs> in jail, it's all about knowing the 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 top guy. And he's on the pickup team in the yard. He's dropping jays. Like you know, what I'm, I'm saying? helping the team get doing the dirty work, getting the rebounds.
2: Yeah. I'm not going to be a top G in there, but I'm going to have people protecting me for sure.
1: <laughs> Flow Flo, kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: savvy. I'll make hey. – I'm good with it. I like it. Hey, he's he's probably the first one that's not scared at all. I, I got I to gotta, I gotta roll with it.
1: I mean, I, I respect it. I mean –
0: Well, it's less – no, I'm definitely
2: a little scared, but I got to do it for those – you're telling me my mom or 25 to life, 25 to life. My mom's not going to prison. My best friend's not going to prison.
1: You know what I say to my mom? (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Oh, man. I I, I joke, but I think a lot of me is serious when I answer that way.
2: (laughs) Hey, and I don't see a problem with that. I respect it.
1: Oh, man. If it was
2: your mother, then I don't respect it. But maybe your best friend.
1: There you go, man. All right. Anything you want to plug or promote before you get out of here, Drew? No, I'm good. <laughs> uh, I'll help you out. If, if y'all want to know what Drew's doing on a Monday, he might be recording a podcast. On Tuesday, he might be watching the Lakers get smoked by the Timberwolves. <laughs> I mean, who, who, who knows? Hope, hopefully on Tuesday night, he's got Sam Houston. You know, If you want to check that by out. On Tuesday
2: night, you'll be shaking, thinking like, damn, how are we going to stop LeBron and AD and Russell?
1: I'm, I i you are right. I am thinking about that.
2: <laughs> you're you're think, you're telling me the T Wolves are winning this game, but deep down you know you're playing the Lakers. Don't even lie.
1: Oh, I I want it to be the Lakers.
2: Well that's you good. Know. At least hey, don't be scared, but
1: I think the T-Wolves matchup with the Grizzlies is far better for the T-Wolves than the
0: Lakers. Drew, let me tell you, let me tell you one last thing, and I I know I keep changing it, but the reason why it's a bad thing for Memphis if the Lakers Tom is when the Lakers come to town in general, they tend to go half and half with the Memphis crowd. There is a ton of Lakers fans here in Memphis. And so it's bad for Memphis's playoff atmosphere. If the Lakers come, because you're going to have Lakers fans infiltrating everywhere.
2: Well, that might be true, but at the end of the day, it just comes down to who has the better players in the NBA every year. And if they stay healthy. And then at the end of the day, if LeBron AD are both healthy Nobody wants to see them. Not even the Grizzlies. Nobody. Nobody wants to see one of the, health, the one of the greatest players of all time. And then, when healthy, AD is probably a top ten player. Like now, there's other teams that can match that, like the Suns and if the Clippers. If they were healthy, I just don't think the Grizzlies had that firepower. But they're a good team. And they play hard, and we'll see.
1: They were only the second best team in in the league. But no Thank respect. You. Hey, I I I get it, man. I get it. They Don't hand was, hand out regular season trophies. And, they and, don't. And until you're right. Until they they prove themselves. I'll, I I get it. Why, you know,
2: I, 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 I love job but like answer me this. If you if your life depended on it, who would you trust more in the playoff series? John Morant or LeBron James, both healthy.
0: Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. <laughs> My dog. Dylan Brooks. Out loud, Dylan Brooks. Dylan the villain.
1: <laughs> All right, if y'all want to see what Drew's up to, head over to Instagram, at DrewBianco5, or if you want to see what the Houston Cougars are up to on the diamond, at UHCougarBB. You can check them out in action Tuesday night, 6.30 on ESPN+. They're taking on Sam Houston. And they got a big three-game set this weekend. They will be at home Friday night at 630 Saturday at 6.30, Sunday at 1, the USF Bulls are coming to town. Drew, I appreciate the time, man. If there's anything we can do Thank for y'all. you along the way, man, reach out to us, brother.
2: we Will do. Appreciate y'all having me on. This was a blast.
1: Absolutely. That's Drew Bianco, everybody. If you like hearing Drew's story or you just like hearing us average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, thumbs up, hearts, hugs, loves, all that stuff. We'll take it all. And we'll see everybody Wednesday night. we got episode 26 coming at you. And we got Trey Richardson from TCU. He's going to break down the TCU baseball season and, and give us an update on where they stand currently. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.